Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Happy uh, Bachelor Monday. That's right. It's Bachelor Monday here, January 22nd, 2024. It's the afternoon rush hour. I've got all your content in one place, including but not limited to this breaking news update. That's right. Ashley and Jared have announced their big baby news. Let's go right to their Instagram live, which was recorded moments ago to get their big update. Have a listen. We have a big announcement. And that is... He's going to be a big brother. He's not happy. <laughs> I know. Listen, You're going to be a big yeah. brother. Ashley's pregnant. I'm pregnant. Ashley's pregnant. Yeah, you knew it was yeah. coming. Big brother. All right, there it is. They announced they are 13 weeks along here. So congrats to one of Bachelor in Paradise's most successful couples, Ashley, I, and Jared. So happy to see it. I've got Jason Tartik updates uh, looks like our podcast got a nice little shout out from the financial guru, Jason Tartik. I've also got some non-bachelor updates in the entertainment news world. Plus, Clayton Eckerd files a response. I think we're the first people, you know, look, we've got sources all over the all over the place. And I think we might be the first uh, people to share Clayton's response. I'm going to have a full video up tomorrow. But guess what? As far as paternity scandals go, here's what I've learned. These responses can be quite wordy. The longer, the better. It's over 60 pages. I'll share just a little bit of it with you guys today. But first, let's go to Jason Tartik and hear what he had to say about us. Have a listen. You know, last week, we know, David, you got the ding, ding, ding as I was in the hot seat. That was a great episode. The JTA was fire, man. You did a great job. Congratulations. Uh, And you know what? I saw some reviews, man. I saw some reviews out there. I even saw Dave Neal did a whole thing about that episode. And I don't know if you saw it on YouTube, but he gave you a lot of credit. He said you did a great job. So Dave, there it is, folks. That's right. If Dave Neal approves it, it must be good. We're back in the recap. And of course, that was in reference to Jason Tartik's co-producer, David, the Canadian uh, guru. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know their backstory, but clearly they're good uh, buddies. And uh, it's the one episode a year that his co-host gets to interview Jason. Look, I would I mean, if look, if everyone loves the yearly reviews by Jason, why don't they do quarterly reviews? You know what I mean? Like do do Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, get your buddy in there to interview you on the progress of accounts receivables. I mean, let's get into it. You got the trading bell going. Make it daily. Make it quarterly. Come on, folks. Either way, from Jason Tartik, we have Joey G. I'm still having a hard time pronouncing his last name. Is it Grazaday? Either way, he premieres his season of The Bachelor tonight. He says it's unlike any other uh, season so far. We don't know what that means. We can only speculate. But here, have a listen to Joey on Chicks in the Office podcast where he describes, and again, I'm not sharing any spoilers, but he just describes that this season might have an ending unlike anything we've ever seen. 
How do you feel about that label on your season that was like sended like we've never I had it? I can tell ends? you this. I haven't watched a ton of the show, but from what I know, what the ending is, I don't think it has happened before. So it's not a. Damn. It's it's a true poll. <laughs> We're locked in. We're, We're locked, locked in. Already. It's the true poll. It's an automatic lock in though when they say it. It's like I've never had before. Okay, show no, me a Jesse twist. Palmer. At least we at least we didn't have like the most dramatic season yet. Like it's a different right, right, thing. Right. Yeah. It's a little no, bit. No, that's most dramatic. Maybe it's not the most dramatic, but something we've never. He actually quoted. I think the most romantic season yet which i was like oh that's a good one okay yeah can you imagine that they that <laughs> that jesse palmer steals chris harrison's line it's the most romantic season yet it's like boo we want drama either way look i don't know i don't know how it ends so don't take this as a spoiler my guess my guess my guess is the person he was gonna dump dumps him first that's my guess he's like about to dump somebody but they're like you know what let me save you some time and they dump him that's just my thought i don't know i'd love to know what you guys think i tell you what after a long week of traveling and moving boxes my body is wrecked and you know what i need more than anything a microdose gummies that's right microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of thc that help you feel just the right amount of good and with our little sponsor we have here with microdose gummies you get 30 percent off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code rush hour it's available nationwide that's microdose.com promo code rush hour for 30 percent off and free shipping microdose.com promo code rush hour i gotta tell you look yeah for me, it's about sleeping. Some people like to have it when they, you know, to focus. Like, say you have a lot of work you need to get done and, you know, you want to have a nice coffee, but sometimes the coffee just makes your brain run wild. Well, maybe a little microdose can help you lock in, you know, but I love it mostly. One hour before I go to bed, I personally take one to two microdoses. That's a perfect dose for me. And I melt into my pillow. So we're happy to have microdose back all week long as a sponsor. Go definitely give them a solid support. And oh boy, how's this for good news? The 16th Street Safeway in San Francisco has removed their self-checkout. That's right, folks. USA. USA. We live in a world... By the way, I was at Target yesterday, as you do. I was at Target in Nashville, and it was all self-checkout, and it was banana land, guys. What are we doing? Follow Safeway. Listen, I'm not encouraging anybody to commit a crime, but I'm telling you, you want to buy you know, $15 worth of roast beef, and if it falls into your cart and you don't actually scan it or whatever, I'm not arresting you. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh, you got 15 bushels of organic beets, but you charge them up as the inorganic beets. I'm not looking. I'm not policing them. If they'd rather people steal their asparagus than, you know, pay somebody a living wage to go sit there in the checkout. You know where I go? I go to Aldi's. But I got to tell you, even Aldi's is starting to do self-checkout. Not a fan. But at least at Aldi's, they let you they let the cashier sit down while they work. What's up with all these people standing all day while they work? Take a little swivel seat, scan the item, and say hi to me and call it a day. I mean, for some people you know, me included, uh, looking, making eye contact with the stranger at this, at the supermarket is the only time I get socializing. You know what I mean? So either way, happy to see that they removed their self checkout. Very good news. And in other, this is a wild story here. Fans are being weird with Val and Jenna's child. That's right. Uh, Val and Jenna of Dancing with the Stars. Uh, Jenna had to post 
on Instagram, I'm assuming to say, hey, don't be weird while we're on our Dancing with the Stars tour. Have a listen. It was an incredible show here in Verona, New York. The audience was next level rowdy and we loved it. Couldn't think of a better way to have ended our week of shows. Um, and we all deserve a much needed day off tomorrow. So really excited about that. Having said that, just something that happened today and for the remainder of the tour that myself and my family are on, I would really love some respect and privacy when it comes to my son. Um, today we had a little incident where he and my nanny were followed onto the elevator of the hotel that we're staying at and then um, were followed onto the floor that our room was on and then you know the fans were giggling, had their phones out and my nanny felt very uncomfortable and unsafe. So please just respect or privacy um for me as his mom that's really dangerous and i really don't appreciate that i love the excitement towards our family um but he's just a baby so please please respect that you know this is wild i feel like jenna should make an etiquette book you know about how you should act with celebrities they could call it the paso dubles and the paso don't blaze is that a good did anyone smile from that uh, that one was for me okay all right well either way listen if you if you're a couple that dances professionally are you allowed to have a child who doesn't dance professionally? I feel like it's the one profession where you absolutely become a professional dancer too. Like I've never heard of two professional dancers having a baby that then became an accountant. I just, and, and by all means, I'm not judging accountants, but I wonder if doing the Viennese waltz provides you the same sort of joy that, you know, tax preparation might provide. But either way, when you're getting audited, I'll tell you this, whenever you're getting audited, you're never trying to find out who can do a cha-cha slide. You know what I mean? All right. Well, I've got, I've got your Clayton news. We'll dive into that along with some other bachelor content right after a quick word from our sponsors. By the way, for those asking for some home updates, as you know, I moved into my new home. If you watch my YouTube videos today, I don't really have the old green screen backdrop, but I don't have like a professional set either. Same good audio and all that, but we're still working on things. My camera that I use to film my YouTube videos no longer works, and I believe it's because uh, my plants are not the only thing that died over the uh, the trip this week. Uh, but I, I guess I, you know it was so cold outside. I have electronic failure. Plant failure, at least, you know, in neither of which I could revive. And if you heard the earlier episode, I've also got mailbox failure. Well, I have to tell you this. If you listen this morning, you found out my my moving truck, the giant 35-foot-long moving truck, uh, met its demise, or I should say a mailbox met its de demise, as in slick conditions, I slid backwards into a brick-and-mortar. That's right, an old mom-and-pop shop mailbox, a brick-and-mortar mailbox, and I just blew it to smithereens. Well, in trying to find the address out of the person whose mailbox I hit, you know, for insurance claims, I saw that the the Google image photo of the mailbox actually showed that this mailbox was actually destroyed in the past, as in you could see the line it was repaired. So clearly some other idiot hit their mailbox before. So I kind of actually feel bad for them. There's a repeat mailbox backing into like their house is in the perfectly wrong spot where if you're not going, you know, where, you know, if you're not paying attention or if, you know, I don't know, say Nashville doesn't know how to put ice on the on the road or uh, put sand on the roads on an icy day, this poor person's ma mailbox keeps on getting destroyed. Hey, I'm not 
not I'm not here to victim blame them. Maybe if they could move the mailbox back five feet, we wouldn't have this problem. No, that's not their fault. I still take full responsibility uh, as we let the uh, insurance companies hopefully work this thing out. But wild times out there. And I got to say, one of the best things about having my own home now is I at the ripe old age of 38, I now own, now hold on folks, I'm about to take a victory lap. I own my own washer and dryer. And I've perfectly, and I can see it from the window of my office. I've perfectly positioned the uh, Arm and Hammer, and this isn't an ad, but I do like my um, Arm and Hammer uh, laundry detergent. I always find it's the best, most cost-effective. I've pers- I've I've uh, perfectly positioned it above the washing machine, uh, you know, uh, cabinet, so that when I need it in a pinch, I just pull it out, and it just. And it just like a keg like a kegerator. I hit the button and it just goes straight into the washer. Oh, like in the washer eats it up like a hungry, hungry hippo. I tell you, domestic life is hitting me and it's hitting me good. All right, let's get into this story. I've got a contestant and hold on, don't get your panties in a bunch right now for me sharing something political. I don't need a one star review because you licked lead paint and now you can't compromise someone thinking differently than you. A contestant on The Bachelor is facing criticism for her ties to Donald Trump. Is it fair? Marlena Haddad worked for the Trump administration in 2020 and has a picture with the former president on her Instagram. And this is an article in the Deseret. It's called Deseret.com. I don't know where that is. But the premiere is tonight. Her name is Marlena Haddad, who is one of the 32 women vying for Joey's heart this season. Worked in the Trump administration as the director of research in the presidential personal office in 2020. Before that, while in the while in college at UConn, she interned at the Fox Business Show Mornings with Maria and served as a correspondent for Campus Reform, a news site that describes itself as a conservative watchdog to the nation's higher education system. Along as a also as a college student, Haddad appeared in Fox News segments about a UConn event featuring political activist Linda Sarsour. Haddad criticized the event, telling Fox and friends she was appalled and very disappointed with my university. So. Uh, no problem with political-minded individuals on The Bachelor. Absolutely. I actually think this is good for the show. I think it's good for the show to have a greater mix of political people because this is what you find in modern dating. You find... Now, look, you... It, I, I get a lot of people that will message, well, my husband and I have different political view, views and it never affected us in the past. But in today's world with social media, we kind of have to live or die by our political views. And you may agree or disagree. And it's nice if maybe it doesn't affect you, but a lot of people it does affect. And regardless of what quote unquote side you're on, which again, I think is silly because as a progressive minded person, you might think that I actually take some right leaning thoughts on uh, freedom of speech and things like that, which a few years ago might have been left-leaning thoughts. That's why I think it's all hogwash when we stick to one side versus the other. There are very clear issues where I can illustrate my sort of um, stances on certain policies that are I think that I think would be called extremely progressive, but on some issues as a comedian, I see how it can be dangerous when we start to silence people we don't agree with as I'm dealing with a lawsuit for harassment. Just proving that it does happen, even if I end up winning that lawsuit, it'll be a nice $20,000 lesson that people can try to F with you when they disagree with you. And it seems like some might be doing that with Marlena, but I have to say, I do think it's worth 
uh, having these conversations on camera. I don't think it's worth criticizing anybody that has different political views than you. Now, if somebody's in, you know, in some sort of like crazy race, you know, like what scenario where they're part of a neo-Nazi group or one thing or another, that's like, okay, well, maybe they shouldn't uh, be rewarded with time on TV. But if they're going to air conversations where Joey and Marlena talk about what their future looks like, I do hope they wouldn't leave out uh, dealing with political preferences as we know our audience uh, has political preferences in many different directions. All right, gosh, we have so much to get into and I just really feel like we don't have that much time. I'm going to play for you real quick. And again, I'm going to get to the Clayton stuff in a second. I'm going to play for you real quick, Renee Polk. And this is a contestant from Love is Blind uh, dealing with a wild lawsuit. Have a listen. I wanted to give you a little insight into what's going on in my life. After filming for Love is Blind, um, I was told that my storyline was going to be cut from the show and that I would not be allowed to talk about my experience. After I saw the response given to the lawsuit that Tran filed against Kinetic and Love is Blind, I was livid. It made me so angry to see him basically say what she was saying wasn't true and that every participant was always safe and that if there ever was a moment that they weren't safe, that production be stopped. But it, that's what happened to me. I was not, I physically was not safe. I didn't feel safe and I addressed that with nothing being done about it. So on podcast, I explain what happened to me and the way I felt about it. And because of that, I was served with a $4 million lawsuit. Whoa. Whenever I received that, I like the pit in my stomach, like I almost shit my stomach out through my asshole. Jesus <laughs> Christ. There's a pretty long, young lady saying she almost shit her stomach out through her asshole. Holy cow. I felt like. So I was given the information to the UCAN Foundation and I messaged their Instagram page. Within 24 hours of contacting the UCAN Foundation, I was connected with two very powerful attorneys that took on the case. Brian Friedman. They took over. From there, everything that needs to be done, they assisted me, gave me guidance, and have truly dug me out of this deep hole that I felt like I was in. Now I'm able to feel more empowered in the decision I made to speak my truth. I'd encourage for anyone else that's in my situation or scared to come forward and um, speak up. Absolutely wild stuff there. We'll give any updates we get from Miss Renee Polk. Uh, that was her on TikTok sharing how the UCAN Foundation is helping her. Again, I don't mean to be like a stickler for the truth here, but just remember Nick Vial shat all over from, you know, uh, he shat his stomach out of his asshole or whatever she said there. I need to use that line. All over the UCAN Foundation. And what does the UCAN Foundation do in response? They're actually using the little platform they had. Now they're growing their platform, but it wasn't nearly as big as Nick's. And they're actually using it to do good and help the little man. That's what it really comes down to is who's willing to help the little man and who isn't. And uh, I think the truth is becoming, uh, you know, very evident as we see it all play out. All right. Uh, right after this break, I've got the goods for you. The Clayton Eckert paternity scandal motion, Clayton's response right after this. 
As you all know, last week, uh, Clayton Eckerd's accuser in the fake paternity scandal uh, was set to be deposed by Clayton's side. She no-showed, ghosted. No, they did the day before say why they were no-showing. And she filed a motion uh, in the ocean, in the court system of Maricopa County, uh, saying that they're trying to get an order of protection. They're afraid if she gets deposed that it's going to be triggering and embarrassing and all this jazz. Well, now we have Clayton Eckerd's lawyers and we're getting we're actually really enjoying if you've been following this court case to hear from Clayton's lawyers their uh, literary uh, sort of expertise is glowing I mean they write in a I believe it all to be nonfiction, unlike Jane Doe side which appears to be fairy tale land but they are writing some hit responses so we found out uh, today that the response to petitioner that's Jane Doe's motion for confidentiality and preliminary protective order has been responded to. Here's Clayton Eckert's side. Now, it's 64 pages long. A lot of those pages are multiple documents and, and like things that aren't really important to us right here. But I'm going to read for you just a minute or two of this. And then tomorrow morning when I'm done redacting, because I don't know if you know this, but I am a copy and paste wizard when it comes to redacting names out of this, because even though Jane Doe is suing me, I am refusing to say her name. I would rather shit out of, I would, what you know, uh, shit my stomach out of my asshole. <laughs> it's called. Oh, I feel bad for a few of you guys who listen with your family. Sorry, kids. It's all right. This is a biological term they teach you in med school. Shitting your stomach out of your asshole. Uh, that's actually an album by a heavy metal band. If you, you know, okay. So here's the response. Respondent Clayton Eckerd, by and through undersigned counsel, hereby provides his response and objects. Objection! To petitioner's unverified motion for confidentiality and preliminary protective order. As a threshold matter, petitioners requested relief under Rule 53 constitutes an impermissible prior restraint of protected speech. Beyond that, it is it also represents tremendous overreach in the use of Rule 53 to diminish respondent Clayton's rights as a litigant. Apparently, petitioner Janie Doe feels she, the Jane Doe boy feels she is entitled to what is essentially a backdoor motion to seal after this court already denied her attempts. Why? Because after she, and by the way, there's a lot of italics and underline here, which is just an aggressive response. We love it when there's a lot of italics and underlines and bolds. Because after she contacted tabloids and the media to disparage respondent, the publicity she initiated backfired when it was exposed that she had engaged in previous pregnancy fabrications and that her quote-unquote medical evidence was lacking in science. The entire underpinning of her petition to establish paternity was predicated upon a con, scam, and fraud upon this court. Petitioner has furthered her noxious agenda. That's a nice word. Look that up. Word of the day. Noxious. By failing to appear at a properly known Noticed deposition, notice filed January 17, 2024. This occurred, notwithstanding, three different attorneys in a matter of weeks having discussed the deposition and ongoing discovery issues. Meanwhile, she continues to advance meritless lawsuits against the media for questioning the narrative she shared with the son. Ooh, does that mean me? 
Am I am I in the court papers? Do I count as media? Media icon Dave Neal because <laughs> of merchandise. Some podcaster media icon. And by the way, thanks guys. That's because of your loyalty as an audience that we are in the court documents. Uh, meanwhile, she continues to advance meritless lawsuits against Dave Neal. Now I added that part. The media for questioning the narrative she shared with the Sun while simultaneously contacting the media. Now Janie Doe has the chutzpah. To to flout court rules and suggest this court ignore the First Amendment while in the same breath arguing that she is entitled to protection by the court. To the extent applicable, respondent incorporates his pending filings as and for his response objection. Respondent states as follows. And then it goes through the different things. Guys, I'm going to have to finish this tomorrow. This is going to be a fantastic video, so make sure you're checking in for that. Tonight, I'm not going to have a pre-show and post-show live stream. I don't have internet at my new home. I am doing all of this through a iPhone hotspot. They've throttled me back. There's a conspiracy by deep state internet to throttle me down. But as media that's getting sued, I won't let that happen, folks. Not in this country. Not in the United States I'm a part of. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for me. Have fun tonight. I've got big news coming up. And by the way, I'll share this with you. I'll share. I'm going to say this nice and slowly. I'm giving this to you guys right now. I've been reached out to. Hold on. Get on the edge of your seat. Uh, lace down your socks before I blow them off. You're about to shit your stomach out of your assholes, folks. <laughs> I might have lost a listener from saying that five times, but it was worth it on my end. I have received an email from somebody that was formerly of Jane Doe's camp telling me to keep the fight going. They have realized, I suspect, that they have been on the wrong side of this case. I can't say any more now, but uh, that's why I have sources coming forward because I am so delicately handling them so that they also don't get dragged into this court. That's the problem when you sue everybody, right? People don't want to be dangled and dragged into the court, but they are speaking and they have loose lips, baby, and they're sinking ships. Let's get into it. Have a fantastic rest of your day. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. My recap will be up first thing in the morning on Bachelor Rush Hour. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush. Come <laughs> on.